You're listening to Penguin Tracks on 89.5 KOPN Columbia. On the phone with me is author Georgianne Irvine. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got your start writing. I've worked at the San Diego Zoo for more than 41 years, and I've always been interested in writing ever since I was a child. When they would have poster contests to draw why you're proud to be an American in grade school, I would write a poem about it. So I've always enjoyed writing for my entire life. I majored in journalism in college, and and I like to joke that my my (laughs) dream was to become a star on Broadway, but the Mm -hmm. problem was I couldn't sing and I couldn't dance, so I went into journalism. But actually, I've always been interested in journalism and writing. I was the editor of the school newspaper in high school, and I majored in public relations because in PR, you do a variety of things. So when I got my job at the zoo as a PR assistant, which was just a dream come true job, one of my one of my jobs was editing and writing our children's newspaper, Koala Club News. And so at that point, I started writing for children. And I have a grandma who used to write children's books back in the 50s, and they were not published by a professional publisher, but she published them. And I always wanted to be like my grandma. I wanted to write children's books like her. So it was just interesting for me that I became the editor of the children's newspaper. Then I, I confided in my boss that I wanted to write children's books someday. So lo and behold, a publisher, Ideals Publishing, approached San Diego Zoo and said, look, we would like to create a series of children's books with you. Mm-hmm. We'd like to use your photos. Do you happen to know someone who might be interested in writing those books? And my boss said, oh, my gosh, I have an employee who would love to do that. And the rest is history. I've, I've done children's books for Ideal, Scholastic, Simon & Schuster. So my whole career has been writing. And speaking of your books, will you tell us a little bit about Fabulous Floyd? Yes. Fabulous, Fabulous Floyd is part of the Hope and Inspiration collection of children's books for San Diego Zoo Global Press. And these books feature nonfiction stories about real animals. And we felt that if a child could get to know an individual animal like Floyd Flamingo, it would inspire them to love Floyd, to love flamingos, to care about wildlife, and hopefully inspire them to help San Diego Zoo lead the fight against extinction because so many animals are endangered. Mm -hmm. But Floyd is an animal ambassador at San Diego Zoo. And what that means is he has been hand-reared and imprinted on humans so that we can use him for educational programs to teach people about flamingos. And so when he was hand-reared, he loved being held by his animal trainers. He loved it. The other flamingos liked the animal trainers, but Floyd just loved being held. As he grew up, his legs became crooked, and it looked like he had two left feet. Mm-hmm. So our veterinarians needed to do surgery on first his left leg and then his right leg. But flamingos have very, very fragile legs. And so it, it's unusual to do even one surgery on a flamingo, but to do two different surgeries is quite remarkable. Mm-hmm. And when Floyd was recovering, he needed to be held by his trainers 24-7 to keep him off his leg that had just been, you know, they just operated on. Mm -hmm. 
And it was interesting because sometimes, you know, I would say to the trainers, well, when was enough enough? How did you know we needed to go on with Floyd? Because sometimes you do surgeries and, and you know, it's not going to work out. And they said, well, Floyd gave us indications because he made progress every day. Mm-hmm. And because he never gave up, we decided we would never give up on him. And Floyd healed. He's a member of the flock. And the whole point of the story, in addition to introducing flamingos to children, is to teach them about never giving up. And and when I sign kids' books, I like to say to them, Floyd's message to you is believe in your dreams Mm -hmm. and never give up on anything that's important to you in life. And what about Karen's heart? Karen is a baby orangutan who was born at San Diego Zoo, and her mother did not know how to nurse her. So Karen was taken to the zoo's nursery to be hand-reared, and when she was about a year old, we were able to reintroduce her to her orangutan family. But something wasn't right because she didn't seem very active. She seemed tired a lot of the time, and she wasn't growing as quickly as she should be. So we examined Karen, and it turns out that she had a hole in her heart. Mm-hmm. So one of the nation's top lung heart one of the nation's top heart lung surgery teams from the University of California at San Diego did open heart surgery on Karen. It was the first time this surgery had ever been done on an orangutan. Mm. And it was interesting because I was in public relations at the time and I actually watched the surgery through the window above our surgery room. And we had, there was so much equipment there, I could have had a heart-lung transplant. <coughs> Excuse me, let me say that again. Mm-hmm. <coughs> there was so much equipment there that I could have had a heart-lung transplant myself. But when the doctor was finished healing the hole, or when the doctor was finished patching the hole in her heart, he said, if her parents were human, I would tell them that everything went just fine. Mm-hmm. But it turns out she had complications from the surgery. She had water in her lungs. She had a lung infection and she was on a ventilator for two weeks. And we really didn't know if she was going to make it. And we got letters from people all over the world cheering for for Karen. We had letters from children saying, if Karen can go through open heart surgery, I can go through open heart surgery. And in the end, she did survive. She's a very healthy orangutan living at the San Diego Zoo today. And people come and see her from all over the world. And this particular story, I have started getting letters from parents who've said, my child is two years old and she's going to have open heart surgery. Because of this book, it has taken a lot of the pressure off her. And she feels that if Karen is brave, she can be brave and go through the surgery as well. So it's not only introduced children to orangutans, but it's helped kids who have similar heart challenges that, that Karen had. My favorite... If you like Jill, there's an, there's an interesting letter that's in the Karen book that's kind of a, a fun story. If you'd like me to tell it later on, I can do that. Okay. <clears throat> um, you have to pardon me for a second. I cannot pronounce the oh, first sure. name. I'm going to give you an idea of what it's about. Um, the one about the dog and the cheetah. Can you tell us a little bit oh, yes. about that book? Yes. We have a cheetah named Ruxa who has a best friend named Raina. And Ruxa is a cheetah. Raina is a Rhodesian Ridgeback. And just to give you a little bit of background, we have many cheetah and dog animal ambassador pairs. 
Amazingly, cheetahs are very similar to dogs in their disposition. And what we have found that if you pair a cheetah with a dog, the dog keeps the cheetah calm when we do educational presentations with them. And they became absolute best friends and like brother and sister or sister and sister. So Ruxa and Reina were put together when they were very young, like five weeks old, and they instantly bonded. And as Ruxa grew, the vets noticed that his legs started bowing, mm-hmm. and they hoped that he would outgrow it. But when he didn't, they decided that they needed to do surgery on Ruxa's legs. And they felt that the least he'll be able to do is walk when he's an adult, but we don't know that he'll be able to run even with the surgery. So when they did the surgery, Raina, the dog, stayed by his side the entire time. She wouldn't leave the door of the surgery room because she knew her beloved friend was having surgery. Mm-hmm. And when the surgery was over, they, they tried to keep Ruxa calm, but you can't keep a cheetah calm. And he healed quickly. And no one told Ruxa that he couldn't run. And he ran anyway, which to all of us was somewhat of a miracle. So Rooks and Raina got very famous. They did educational presentations at our San Diego Zoo Safari Park. And one day, Raina, the dog, started limping. They thought she might have an injury in her foot, but what they found is she had a terminal cancer. She had a huge tumor in her shoulder, and then she had two smaller tumors. And it was a cancer of the blood vessels that was uh, not treatable. And they gave her a few months to live. So by now you've got Ruxa and his best friend, Raina. What are you going to do when Raina the dog dies? Mm-hmm. So the trainers decided, let's get a puppy so that when Raina dies, Ruxa will have another friend to turn to. And we also thought that the puppy, whose name was Little Ray, would, would uh, keep Raina's spirits up. Well, a few months go by, and Raina doesn't die. In fact, she doesn't even seem sick anymore. So they examined her, and it turns out that, and keep in mind, this is terminal cancer, two of the tumors had completely disappeared, mm-hmm. and the large one had gotten small enough that they could do surgery. And then Raina went through chemo, and today Raina is, is cancer-free, and the duo became a trio. So little, gray, little Ray grew up. And so now you've got Ruxa, Reina, and Little Ray as all best friends. But that was miracle, too. So we like to say, and the title of the book is Ruxa and Reina, A Cheetah and Dog's True Story of Friendship and Miracles. Mm-hmm. What are some of the fun facts that you um, talk about in the books? One of the things we discovered with fabulous Floyd, our trainers discovered this when they had him on their laps when he was healing. Mm -hmm. They discovered that flamingos dream and they snore. Mm -hmm. And it's like, really? Like, what does a flamingo snore sound like? And it sounds kind of like a very soft honk. They actually showed me video they'd taken. And when a flamingo dreams, their eyes twitch and their legs twitch. So kids with a dog might see the dog twitching when it's sleeping. That's very much what a flamingo does. Mm-hmm. But that was really a fun, fun fact that we were able to put in the book. Another interesting fact about flamingos is that in the wild, flamingo chicks gather. If you've got a lot of flamingo chicks, and they usually all hatch around the same time, mm-hmm. they gather in a little group called a crush. 
and they actually have babysitters. So adult yeah. flamingos will babysit all of these baby flamingos. And at San Diego Zoo right now, we have about eight flamingo chicks in our lagoon. And I, I see the same thing happening there. I see a group of the chicks and a couple of adults babysitting those chicks. Another interesting flamingo fact, if you look at a flamingo, when you look at their legs, you see what looks like their knees. Mm-hmm. And it's very evident when you look right at a flamingo. Well, those are not their knees. Those are their ankles. Their knees are actually up much higher under their feathers. And so we have uh, animal facts in these books, and that's one of my favorite facts because we have a photo of a flamingo and we have it circled where kids think they're the knees and then they actually turn out to be the ankles. Something in the cheetah book that I love talking about, and when kids look at the Rooks and Raina book, when they look at Rooks's surgery, they'll notice that his skin is shaved. Mm-hmm. Well, cheetahs have black spots on their skin, and the fur grows out of those black spots. And actually, the fur, the black fur is a little bit raised over the orangish-yellow fur. And it's, it's fun for the kids to be able to see, like, oh, my gosh, they really do. They've got spots on their skin. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, um, cheetahs have those black tear tracks on their faces, and those just like a football player who might wear uh, the black under their eyes, it helps cut down on the glare of the sun when the cheetahs are running. And they do run up to 70 miles an hour, but only for a very, very short distance. And cheetahs purr. They cannot roar like a lion or a tiger. And a baby cheetah chirps. And the chirps sound like a bird, amazingly. So they've got interesting vocalizations. So cheetahs have very interesting vocalizations, and they just can't uh, roar like lions and tigers and leopards and jaguars. Orangutans are incredibly talented and intelligent animals. And when I say talented, they make tools. And let me give you an example. They can make tools out of branches. So they might build nests at night out of tree branches, if they've got a big, large branch and it starts to rain and it does rain a lot in Borneo and Sumatra, they will use those uh, branches as an umbrella. They may peel off all of the leaves and use the sticks in termite mounds because they love to eat termites. And then they can swing on the vines uh, as they travel through the forest. And of, of the four great ape species, Orangutans are the most arboreal, meaning they spend the most time in trees. And the males have these large cheek pads, and they're called phalanges. And they also have a big sack under their throats, which they vocalize. And those people aren't quite sure, scientists aren't quite sure what the phalanges do, but they think it helps the sound resonate through the forest. And they make a call called a long call, which is what they use to attract the females. Because unlike gorillas and chimpanzees, orangutans are primarily solitary. So they don't live in big family groups. You might see an orangutan mother and her offspring, but you're not going to find a huge family like you would have with a gorilla troop. What are you currently working on? I have a new book coming out this fall, and it's quite an amazing book because it's it's about a little monkey who was raised by his grandma. And you know, in this day and age, there are lots of children who mm-hmm. were raised by their grandmas. 
The title is Mosi Musa, The True Tale of a Baby Monkey Raised by His Grandma. And here's what's interesting about that story. His mother is Louise and his grandma is Thelma, as in Thelma and Louise. Anyway, Louise had had a stillborn baby. And the next year she got pregnant again and she carried a ball around, kind of like a soccer ball, a brown ball. She carried it around. She cradled it. The keepers thought that Louise was going to be an amazing mother. Mm-hmm. So we took her to the hospital in case she had complications from the birth. And Thelma went with her, Thelma, her mother, to keep her company. It ends up that she did need a C-section. And when the baby was born and Louise woke up, she didn't want to have anything to do with that baby. We don't know why. She pushed it away. We tried to introduce the baby back to Louise, and she just absolutely didn't want to have anything to do with it. But Thelma saw the baby, and she smacked her lips and said, give me that baby, give me that baby. So what we ended up doing, because obviously Thelma couldn't nurse the baby, we hand-reared the baby, we fed him bottles, and then he would go over to Grandma Thelma, who would teach him how to be a monkey. And so it's the story of grandma and baby bonding. It's very heartwarming. This is the cutest little monkey. It's a vervet monkey, and I know that kids are going to love that. That will be out this fall. Another book that I've just finished the manuscript on is about Mocha, a little tiger who was being smuggled into the United States from Mexico, Mm -hmm. and he was confiscated at the border and brought to our safari park to be hand-reared because he was taken from his family when he was young. And what's good about this book is I can get the message out about the evils of wildlife trafficking Mm -hmm. and smuggling animals over borders. But what happened is there was a tiger in... But what happened is there was a mother tiger at the National Zoo in Washington, D.C., who had a cub about the same age as Mocha. And she was raising the cub, and then all of a sudden she got very aggressive toward her cub when he was nursing, and they think perhaps she had mastitis. But she pushed the cub away, so we decided let's raise them together. So that cub, who was named Rakan, was flown out to San Diego, and we were able to raise Mocha and Rakan together as tiger brothers, Mm -hmm. which is better. We prefer to have animal parents raise their offspring. We don't want to have to hand raise any animals. So for Mocha, it was great to be able to have Rakan as a brother for him. But then there were a lot of medical complications with Mocha, probably because he'd been taken from his mother when he was only a few days old and didn't have proper nutrition and so we were able to save his life chances are if he had not come to us he would have not even made it to adulthood and now mocha lives at a wildlife sanctuary and rakan who's a sumatran tiger is is part of our sumatran um, breeding tigers because it's a cre- and rakan will be used in our sumatran tiger breeding program because uh, sumatran tigers are critically endangered and mocha was a mixed breed of tigers so He, like I said, went to a wildlife sanctuary, which takes in animals who have been in people's homes as pets, just unwanted exotic wild animals. And I would like to remind listeners that exotic animals do not make good pets, especially (laughs) tigers and other big cats. Where can people get your books? People can purchase my books on shopzoo.com. And they can also purchase them on Amazon. 
And if they come to the San Diego Zoo, they can purchase them in our zoo gift shops as well. Are you on any social networking sites, and what about an official website? We have a website for the books. I actually just have my personal social media. We have wonderful, we've got San Diego Zoo social media. Uh, Our website is Mm sandiegozoo.org. And then we've got our San Diego Zoo, our San Diego Zoo Safari Park on social media like Facebook and Instagram. So people can subscribe to those and get the latest news about the zoo and the safari park and our animals. Is there anything else you'd like to add or say to the listeners? I would like to tell that one story and then uh, about the Karen Orangutan book, and then you can decide if you'd like to use it. Would that, would that, that work okay? That would be great. I'd love to hear it. Okay. When Karen Orangutan was sick for those two weeks when she had the lung infection, she got letters from all over the world. And we received one letter in particular from a little girl who drew beautiful pictures like a rainbow and it said, Karen, get well soon. And she had a bright yellow sun and bright blue clouds. And the letter said this, dear Karen, my name is Jenny and I'm five years old. I heard about your surgery from my daddy. I thought about you all day. I know it can be pretty scary to be in the hospital because I was recently diagnosed with leukemia. I spent over a month at a children's hospital and now I'm home. I'm looking forward to visiting you as soon as I'm able. So listen to your doctors and nurses and take your medicine. I hope yours tastes better than mine. Love, Jenny. So we decided to run this letter in the Karen Orang book with Mm -hmm. Jenny's artwork. Now, this surgery took place in 1994. And my publisher said, you know you have to get permission from that little girl or her family to run this letter, and this is a letter that had touched my heart, and I had saved it for all of these years. So I had also been afraid to really look up Jenny because I didn't know what had happened to her, you know, had she made it through leukemia. And I thought, okay, well, let me do what most people do. Let me put her name into Google and and look for her, and her name is Jenny Auger. I put her name into Google, and up pops LinkedIn, and it's Jennifer Auger. It says, when I was five years old, I had leukemia, and I beat leukemia, and now I'm a nurse at a children's hospital in San Diego. And I thought, oh, my gosh, (laughs) she made it. We found her. So our PR department connected me with the Rady's Children's Hospital PR department, and I, I was connected with Jenny. And I will never forget when I first spoke with her on the phone, it it brought tears to my eyes and and her first words were and she's in her late 20s now omg i can't believe i'm talking to you i can't believe you're using my letter in a book karen orangutan is my favorite animal to this day and then jenny went on to tell me a story from her mother that when jenny was diagnosed with leukemia she became very very withdrawn and her mother said why don't you write a letter to somebody else's why don't you write a letter to somebody else who is sick? It might make you feel better. So Jenny decided to write that letter to Karen. And Jenny's mother said that in a time of great darkness in Jenny's life, Karen brought her light. And Jenny beat leukemia. And the nurses who tended to her inspired Jenny to become a nurse herself, which is why she is now a nurse at the very children's hospital where she was treated for leukemia so many years ago.
That is wonderful. Um, just when, when, we, when we launched San Diego Zoo Global Press, I told a portion of the story to the crowd that was there. And then I said, but you know what? I'm not going to finish it. Let me have somebody else finish it. And I brought Jenny up on stage and the crowd went wild. But what, what I did, which I've been wanting to do all of these years, is I was able to give Jenny her original letter back. It, mm-hmm. It's a two-sided letter. She wrote on one side and drew on the other, so we found a, a glass frame, and I was able to give that to her. And then we also gave her a book that was autographed by Karen the orangutan. And you say, well, how does an orangutan autograph a book? Well, she's down in her bedroom area, so it's a safe area. The keeper gives her a paintbrush, holds up the book, and Karen autographs it it just kind of swatches a paint but it's done by karen and so it was really special for us to be able to give the letter back to jenny and give her a book autographed by her favorite animal in the zoo karen orangutan well thank you so much for the interview it was an honor and you have a great week thank you thank you so much joe you take care and just call me if you need me to read say anything i will do Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye.